What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Shop Quality Bets podcast and happy almost March Madness. We are here today to talk a little bit about the bracket, specifically the West region, which is loaded and was voted upon by you guys on my Twitter as to which one you all wanted to hear us talk about. So we're going to be breaking down every single West matchup today for the bracket. We're going to even talk about the play-in game uh, between ASU and Nevada, get into the contingencies of what that matchup is going to look like depending on who wins. So we're really going to dive in, but let me introduce my co-hosts for today. We have my everyday partner on the show. Big three for three is here and you know him from our TikTok at Shot Quality Bets. Give us a follow over there. It is Alec Musa. Uh, guys, great to have you here today. Big three, how are you doing? You ready for March? Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know. I can't really decide if these games count, the first four games. Is this really – is it the start of March Madness or not? But uh, look, fun. even the 16-16 games are fun, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. Maybe watch a little NIT tonight too. Exactly. There's games back on. We have brackets in front of us. We're thinking about it. It's March. Everything after Selection Sunday is March Madness to me. I'm one of those people who puts my holiday lights up early too. So probably makes sense. Musa, how you doing, man? How's uh, March the start of this whole process treating you so far? You uh, you know your winner yet? Um, you know what? I don't know if I know my winner yet, but um, I am excited for the for uh, the you know the the first four games like Big Three said, and I do the sixteen seed games do count. Like I think March does start just because like Texas A and M Corpus Christi and uh, Southeast Missouri State. I don't know if they've ever been on TV, live TV. That is on like ESPN being broadcasted in yeah. front of like thousands of people. Um, so for them, I think it starts for them tonight. So definitely, definitely, I think it's going to be a good time. Really excited to get into it. Uh, we do have some great stuff on the site. Some some couple things actually brewing behind the scenes. So hang out to the end of the episode. We'll definitely be going over what we might hopefully be releasing tonight on the site a little bit more than what we already have available. But if you haven't seen our test video, our demonstration video of the new features of the value bracket and the reveal of our value bracket, definitely go check it out. It's on our YouTube and you can access that quickly just by going to shopqualitybets.com slash blog and you'll see my face in a... Uh, bracket reveal article that should get you there pretty quickly but if you haven't already fully seen the bracket i mean this what we did was honestly i don't even know if you guys are fully aware of what we ended up doing with this thing but we created a value bracket pulled from the market usage so anyone can go to our value bracket if you sign up for shock quality bets and you can see our bracket i'm not going to get into the whole thing do a little sneak peek here you can see our winner but we took our shot quality percentages and weigh them against what the market is doing to find the most valuable upset picks in the bracket that give you the best leverage shot at getting some points against the average bracket builder. So you can see some fun stuff here. We have Maryland beating Alabama. Obviously, a lot of people have Alabama. So going against the grain and having them lose early can give you a nice advantage. You see uh, San Diego State, State sneaking into the Elite Eight over them there. That's about 
all that I will reveal for now, but we do have predictions. Of course, if you are a member, you see all of our plays emailed to you now twice a day uh, for the rest of the season to get every play as soon as possible. And then we also have the matchups. You can see how every first round game is expected to go. So some really exciting stuff on the site right now to get everyone ready, but let's waste no further time. I will reveal the West region of this bracket as we go through it, but let's jump into one of the first matchups here. I have it already pulled up, guys. Let's talk about the 116 in the West. That's going to be Kansas versus Howard. This is a pretty big line. I believe it's currently sitting over 20 points. I'm going to pull up some odds here on my phone. Just make sure I am up to the minute. We are recording this Tuesday around 3.15 p.m., on uh, yeah, a couple of days before the bracket, so uh, odds are kind of settling in, guys. Any any of you guys have a uh, a take on this one? You're making a play on the big spread in the West bracket to open things up. The Miac, the Miac is um, if you go look at the history of the Miac playing in the March Madness for the last five years, which I did before the show kicked off, they were in the plan until the COVID year. They had to play in, in the 16 game. In the last two seasons, they've their automatic bid has been the 16 seed, no play-in, and they've been boat raced both times. So it's it's not so much, you know, I'm hating on the Miak and Howard. It's just it seems to be such a difference in talent um, between them and a number one seed coming from, whether it's the, it's the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, the SEC. They have not competed whatsoever. Um, the last two years, it has been Norfolk, who's been the team to f- represent the MEAC in March Madness. And it has not gone pretty. I can't find it right now. But at last year, I think they lost to Baylor by like 45. And the year before, they also lost by 40. So if I had to take a team, it'd be Kansas with the points. Just my two cents. Getting both boat raced out is never fun. Um, now, we do have this set for neutral. This is one of our premium tools. You'll see us bringing up the matchup breakdown for every single game. You can see all the tabs if you're hanging with us here on YouTube or on Twitter. We're going to go through them all. Now, big three, do you agree? I mean, we're, we're not really – we don't have any too strong opinions here. I guess maybe a little bit shaded towards the over. Could that be a good way to try to take Kansas? Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think Norfolk State might have put up a little better fight here. I'm kind of with Musa. Um, they had shot quality win in the championship game against Howard, too, and earlier in the season had lost to Howard by yeah. 20 with a shot quality win. So I think that Norfolk State might have given a little more chance to be competitive here. I agree. I think that this is is probably not a good spot to take Howard. I, I will say, too, I think – like. Kansas is not a team I'm super excited about backing. Obviously, McCuller is questionable. Not really sure they're going to need him for this game. But I think it's a team, especially a one seed, that people are kind of out on. Um, yep. I just don't think this is quite the time to fade them. I, I think that you you go with Kansas here um, if you're taking anything. I am not excited about backing a bad Howard team that I think gets killed even at plus 22. So I, I agree. I think over might be the move. Um just because I think Kansas offensively should be able to get whatever they want. So I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm not laying it myself personally. Shot quality isn't going to recommend it. We're here sitting at around 21, 22 points, slight lean to the over actually have Howard's team total 
uh, looking a little bit higher than the expected compared to Kansas, who's expected around 84. Howard is at 61. So maybe a scenario. Well, New York City for you. I don't know if you guys can hear that today. Um, but 64 points for Howard looks like it's going to be a pretty interesting line. Could see Kansas not really care about how many points they allow because they are just going to dominate. They're not going to get stopped very much. This is the 327th offense in the country against the seventh defense, the 11th best offense against the 273rd defense. Uh, there's really not much where Howard's going to have an advantage on either side. We can scroll through this here. Um, are they, you know, the, have they seen a decent amount of cut plays? Sure. But you got to remember who these points per possession metrics were, you know, recorded against. Right. So I don't really trust their mid range defense to be top 100 because it's the mid range they've played against in the MEAC. Um, Kansas should stomp them. And that's why you can see some of these things be kind of tight. But yet, you know, we still understand and the model still understands that this should be a dominating performance because at the end of the day, they produce like 0.1 more points per possession in one direction. And then they're, you know, it's going to be pretty equal on the other side. So uh, it's it's going to be pretty rough here, uh, to say the least. So, yeah, looking at Kansas to blow it out, probably, honestly, in my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel. We won't spend too much time on this one. How do you feel about like a first half play? to maybe try to take away some of the craziness at the end? Or is it more likely that maybe Howard competes for the first 10 minutes and then just loses their likes in the second half? I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to compete at all. And again, it's, I mean, like big three said, I think Norfolk, um, a team I backed in the semifinals when they played NC central. It was uh, never really watched me basketball as tightly as I did that day. And I'll tell you what, um, it, the difference is going to be just wild. And I looked it up. They lost a, by 40, or Norfolk, who represented the MIAC in 2021, lost to Gonzaga by 40 in the first, um, in the round of 64. And the next year, again, they lost by 40 to Baylor. So, I mean, if you wanted to take first half, you could. If you want to take the game, you could. If you want to take both, you could. I'm actually looking Sounds at this like and going, Moose's man, I might field. just take Kansas. Yeah, this might be a play for me. It feels like Moose is feeling good. All right. Well, that's all we're going to yeah, talk about this one for, unless you have anything there, Big Three. I was just going to say, you look at, like, just some – Without going into it anymore, Howard lost to Kentucky by 32, James Madison by 26, Belmont by 23, Yale by 46 this year. So if you think uh, covering 22 is going to be an issue for one of the top five teams in the country, um, I'm not sure what to say. Yep. No, I think we've said it all. So it looks like the show consensus is going to be laying it with Kansas in this 116 matchup. All right, great. So let's move on to the big game that will determine who Kansas likely has to play next, which is going to be this, well, obviously choosing who they're playing next with this game, but it's going to be Arkansas versus Illinois. And you can see shot quality making this a very, very, tightly contested match here uh the eight nine match between what we have as the 28th and 11th seeded teams and this is we start to get into a big talking point about shot quality uh you know we have the team that is a little lower in our ratings expected to win this game and it's not because i forgot to turn off the home and away i promise uh this is on neutral court i made sure but the way that arkansas matches up might pose some trouble for illinois here yeah, I mean, you get Illinois as – I mean, they might be two-and-a-half-point underdogs right now. Yeah. They were three-point underdogs. So 
Shot quality still is saying, hey, we're, we're taking a stance on Illinois and we like sure, Illinois. Sure, against the spread, yes. Um, and so I think that's one of the things to note. The other thing is that the shot quality betting model is not taking every single variable into account, right? So based on back testing, things like that, like we've kind of determined that certain variables are going to be much more predictive towards a final score, expected score than other variables, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that all those variables are going to compile into the adjusted shot quality the same way. So that's why that type of stuff's happening. Honestly, like the difference between 11th and 28th, right. like it's, very it's probably only a point or two anyways. Right. And so like with matchup stuff, we're probably seeing, you know, two to two and a half points. It is literally point. I would imagine it's less than 0.04, right? Cause 1.14, 1.14 on offense and then 0.09 and 0.094. Exactly. So, so it's that's a, literally the difference. It's a like in a normal, typical ratings thing you might have, Illinois two-point favorites. Here we show them as 0.5-point underdogs. Like I said, I think shot quality does, because of what Illinois does on defense, like shot quality does like Illinois more than the rest of the market, and that's why you're seeing our line at plus 0.5 instead of, you know, plus 3. Exactly. So I, I think that that's, that's definitely taken into account. But just know that the reasons that, you know, the 11th team is not always going to be favored over the 29th team is that we're not taking every single variable into account, only the ones that we've proven to be predictive towards final scores. Yeah, and we're seeing some one and a half. So this opened at three. So the market has kind of been with us a little bit, moving this down uh, towards the direction of Illinois. Musa, do you have a play here? Or are you, what are you taking in your bracket for this one? Talk to me. I, I don't know if I have a play necessarily. I think if I got it at the opener at plus three, I would have took Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, but I saw two teams. It's interesting, like FAU Memphis, which is on the other side of the bracket, are two teams I'm really high on. They just happen to play each other. And then these two teams are just two squads that I'm kind of low on, to be honest. Illinois, because they haven't quite put it together this year with the amount of five stars they have and transfers yep. like Matthew Mayer from Baylor. And then Arkansas on the other side. I know Nick Smith, top five recruit they got. He's been injured in and out of the lineup. They got Ricky Council from Wichita State. Devontae Davis returned. But I also don't think they've put it together um, behind Eric Musselman. So there were teams like if Memphis is playing Arkansas, I'd take Memphis without a doubt. And if FAU is taking Illinois, playing Illinois, I'd take yeah, FAU without a doubt. Yeah, but no, you're, I you're, you. I got, they're both playing each other, but I got to go with Illinois just because of their two probably best shot makers or at least from like a frequency standpoint terrence shannon and the aforementioned matthew mayer i just like them more and i like the defense more so they add the defense and i think they have the better high volume shooters uh, than arkansas does so i'm gonna side with illinois I'm gonna, i have them in my bracket but i don't know if i'm gonna like make a bet on it or anything there you go all right well i like it i like it this is an interesting one shot quality bets is actually going to be Looking at the over here, we're coming in at 149 and a half, while this one's sitting at 143 and a half. So we do think this could have some potential to go past the number. Will be an official shot quality bets play for us. I'm not sure if I'm going to be taking that one personally, but if you want to tail the model that has won over 53.75%, returned a nice chunk over 130 units this season, it will be on the over. Uh, and you yeah, can see all of those by looking at the predictions tab right here. I think the cool. thing with the over is it's like tempo versus defense, right? Both these right. teams play with pretty good tempo, um, but they are good defenses. That's the thing with Illinois you get is you get the best half-court defense by shot quality in the country um, and the best finishing at the rim defense in the country. So there's definitely some things to like about Illinois. In their last 18 games in 
maybe the second best conference in the country, they only have three shot quality expected losses. So I think that's one thing where it's like shot quality says that they're getting unlucky, right? Those three losses are on the road to Purdue by six, uh, at home against Northwestern by 0.5, and then against Rutgers by five. So three pretty acceptable losses in that 18-game stretch. And I think if – I mean, if they come into this game – 15 and 13 or 15 and three in their last 18, they're probably three, four or five point favorites here. So, and they might not be on, on this line. They could. Exactly. Have, right. yeah. So interesting. interesting. Well, yeah. I, I like Illinois. I took Illinois at the opener at plus three. Nice. So nice. Don't love it All as right. much as plus two, but would definitely still take it. Yeah. Are they your selection for your bracket? Big three? For sure. Yeah. Nice. Well, there you have it. Um, all right. Next game up going to be a pretty interesting one. Here is going to be St. Mary's versus VCU. So this is going to be, I believe, the 12 and the 5, VCU coming out of the A-10. Um, and St. Mary's is expected to be a pretty dominant team here. Shot quality making this game 64.9 to 60.5 in favor of St. Mary's. Uh, guys, first takes on this one. Musa, I'll come to you first. What do you make of this 5-12 here in the West? Just another really strong team in St. Mary's that could be a problem for anybody. Well, Luckily for me, I post the mid-major top 25 on Shot Quality's uh, wire every week. I'm going to have a new one coming out tomorrow that kind of gives the floor and ceiling for the teams that are in the top 25 of the mid-major rankings that also made the tournament. And I do put the West, West Coast Conference in there. I know people are like, the Zags aren't a mid-major. Well, you play in the West Coast Conference, so I don't care what you say. You play in a mid-major, so you're a mid-major. But St. Mary's is in there as well, and so is VCU, and um, I've watched a good amount of St. Mary's this year. I wrote a player profile on Aiden Mahaney, the freshman player of the year, I believe, in the West Coast Conference, a sharpshooter, a really good player, Logan Johnson, Alex Dukas. They got a lot of talent, and it's a mixture of guys, whether it's uh, a slasher and facilitator in Johnson or a three-point specialist in Mahaney. I like him a lot. And as far as VCU goes, they're a team that, out of the Atlantic 10, I didn't think was going to win win the tournament all year and get the auto bid. Cause from a talent perspective, I was like, well, you know, Dayton is just such a good team and they made it last year. And what was the other team? St. Louis. I was like, I like St. Louis. They've got a lot of depth, a really good point yeah. guard. And those guys didn't show up and VCU did pretty hard. They really did. Yeah. So, I mean, how long can, how much longer can I go just doubting VCU, which I think they're a good team. They baseball them, Brandon Johns, but I mean, at this point, they just keep winning. So, well, the shot yeah. selection is best in the nation. So that's going to really help on offense. Uh, you know, their defense definitely leaves a couple things to be desired. Pretty low here in terms of what they allow their opponents to do. Really high rim and three rate. Really high shot selection against. Uh, you don't really want to be low in those, but. You know, they, they also carry a massive record luck difference. They went 27 and 7 this season, shot quality expected 20 and 14, including losing the championship game to Dayton on shot quality score. We expected this to be a 74 to 71 win for Dayton, and VCU won 68 56. So they were able to limit Dayton against expectations. Dayton was expected to shoot for 14 more points on three-pointers alone. So uh, this was a pretty crazy game. I don't know if you guys are all here with us on YouTube and Twitter, but you're seeing the shot quality points per possession rank in that A-10 final. We're in the 199th percentile for each team, respectively. Pretty ridiculous. 
VCU clearly gets good looks. Is St. Mary's going to be able to stop that, or is it just going to be too easy for St. Mary's on offense, Big Three? Like, we make this exactly at the line of four and a half. Shot quality leans a tiny bit over, so not much of an edge from the model. But are you seeing anything that could lead this to be an upset or or maybe just an easy win for St. Mary's? Yeah, I think it's funny because we now have the added component of, like, brackets, right? And I think, like, you, you even asked it there, too, like, okay, what are you betting and what are you putting in your bracket, right? And I think that, like, looking at this, this is going to be the most picked and is so far on ESPN the most picked 12-5 upset, right? And I think really? that that's something that, that people kind of, like, tie themselves into. Right now I see 65% on St. Mary's, so that would put 35% on BCU, wow. um, which – I mean, based on the money line, that's still – that's probably actually pretty close. Um, but anyways, I, th I think that this is, like, going to be a really popular upset pick. I think that people have a bad taste in their mouth after the St. Mary's-Gonzaga um, West Coast Conference Championship game. That's probably the first time a lot of people even watched St. Mary's this year. Um, and I think that, that that has a big effect on this. But honestly, I'm not really sold on St. Mary's. I, one of the things I like to look at is kind of, like, where some of these teams started the year and where they finished, like – St. Mary's was a team a lot of people had like around 50th in the country at the start of the year. And now they're, you know, 10 to 12. And I think they did have some nice wins. Obviously you beat Gonzaga um, in overtime, you know, they beat a San Diego state on a neutral, but they don't have other than that, like their next best win is I guess, North Texas, maybe you have BYU three times, but they're not beating a lot of great teams, which I don't, in my eyes, doesn't justify like this high analytics rating. I think it's a similar thing we can talk to, to um or about gonzaga later mm -hmm. but um i don't know I, I just think that they're not necessarily in my eyes the 10th 11th 13th even best team in the country so i do think D vcu defense will give them some fits uh but ultimately yeah i, I don't know i think this is one where i'm probably going to pick saint mary's just against the popular up um upset pick in my bracket at least and Probably not bet anything here, total or side. I'm seeing a lot of green on these offensive shot type stats and a lot of red on the defense shot type stats. And I'm seeing a lot of upward pointing arrows on the regression stats defensively, which means both of these defenses are expected to be allowing more points than they are. Yeah. This feels like an over to me. I feel like it's going to be a point scoring contest, not a defensive battle. And I think maybe we're getting – a little bit of like market love from VCU's past as like this defensive dominating team that they just are not anymore. And look, I mean, you know, 91 isn't bad, but St. Mary's is the eighth best offense in shot quality. They are going to develop some good looks. And like I mentioned at the top of this little mini game breakdown, the shot selection in the rim and three rate and the rim and three shot quality points per possession are terrible for VCU. Yeah. So I lean over if I'm going to make a bet and I'm probably going to have St. Mary's advancing, but I haven't actually filled up my bracket. I'll probably have it tomorrow night. So that's, that's I think, enough for that game. We do want to keep it moving, guys. Uh, we have a bunch to get through here. Let's talk about UConn versus Iona. Is there any chance Iona gets this upset off? That's, that's my only question for this one because I think the spread's really tough. Um, I, I mean – I guess if the spread's tough, that means it's a good line. You should say no. But is there a shot here, or is Iona just going to get bodied by a much bigger and maybe underseeded team? I would never count Rick Pitino out, but at the same time, shot quality has had UConn as like their darling all year, especially when they were in like the high 
or the mid twenties. I think at one point unranked. I was doing the shot quality versus AP rankings, and we still had UConn three, four, five. And people were like, how can you justify that ranking when their record is what it is and they're sitting just inside the top 25 or just outside the top 25? And now they're starting to creep back into the top 10. They're 10 right now, 10 or 9 or something. So I'm a big uh, believer in what Hurley's doing over there with the UConn Huskies. Iona's not bad. Like, let's not – Let's not get it twisted. They got a great coach. They got some good transfers, some good players. I don't know if I'm going to lay the points, but I'm definitely taking UConn. I think this is a very, very dangerous team. Nice. I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, all right, cool. Uh, what about you, Big Three? you have any take on this? I did, I did bring up the team standings here. We do see Connecticut is the number five team on shot quality right now. They are definitely a favored team, though. I was looking down at some of like the percentages right now compared to like future odds. Connecticut definitely has some money on them because you're not getting the best price. What do you make of them? Do they have it? You know, what, what's going to happen in this game is Nelly junior Joseph and the other like player of the year from the MAAC, Walter Clayton and Dennis Jenkins, who's like maybe one of the fastest players they got players, but is it even close to enough? Yeah. I think Iona at full strength is, is a, a, different team in the tournament here you have slazinski um the louisville transfer that came over with patino and cruz davis are both out right and i think like especially with these mid-majors even though obviously this is a pretty good mid-major um they they just struggle with like depth a lot of times right and i think like losing you know two of your at least main role players off the bench is just like pretty significant um and like Musa said, I am all over UConn. I unfortunately, like when I went through and looked at the bracket right away, I had UConn to the final four and I was like, oh, this is such an amazing pick, you know, like this is going to be perfect. And now everyone has UConn to the final four. So I might have to rethink that a little bit, but um, I really like UConn. I think that they have the guard, the, the at least mixture of like guard and bigs to actually compete in March. We've talked about this a little bit with Purdue as a concern of not really having the same guard play. I think UConn is deep enough and, and at least well-balanced enough to really make a run. I think Iona is just outmatched in this one. They play in one of the weakest conferences in the country, and it's awesome that they, you know, won their last however many games, 14 games, but, you know, you're still losing games to Quinnipiac and Ryder and Siena. And I just think yep. that this is, a different level. I one of my first bets that I took was UConn minus eight and a half in this hey. There you go. You got a bet from Big Three. UConn minus the points should be a solid play here. We do make them right at the line of eight. Uh, I do think this one is sitting pretty close. This is crazy because this is in Albany, and I'm so tempted to drive up there, guys. It's a crazy slate in Albany on Friday but I'm probably going to stay home and like make content and watch from my couch with my snacks instead of going to Albany. Um, <laughs> but yeah, nine and a half now, 143. So we do lean a little bit under for this one, probably on the side of Connecticut limiting Iona a little bit more. Yeah, eh, no, it's, it's pretty close, honestly. So no real play for the shock quality bets model. Uh, that's probably going to be it on this one. Definitely a good place to take the points if you think that Iona is just going to get outclassed, which is very, very likely. I think, you know, 
in my opinion, I've watched a lot of this season for these guys because I carried uh, Nelly Jr. Joseph and I picked up Walter Clayton in a college basketball best ball league that I'm in, which is actually really fun. I think we should try to do one next year. But, uh, you know, they they had great years, but they're just going to struggle against bigger size and Connecticut's just going to have maybe too easy of a time. Could be close at the start, but I expect UConn to pull away at the end. Uh, let's see. We have this ratings here. All right. Now, always interesting to see St. Mary's and Gonzaga end up in the same region of the bracket out west. Um, but I don't know if you guys have seen this one. Shot quality really likes Gonzaga here. Of course, the line is pretty close to this. Is there any way Grand Canyon keeps up some of that hot shooting that got them here uh, in order to give Gonzaga a little bit of a run for their money? Musa, any, any thoughts on, you know, the team everyone says isn't a mid-major? Well, yeah, seriously. Uh, the first thing is uh, Grand Canyon. Um, I've been at their golf course a couple times. Reasonable pricing, believe it or not, nice. especially in the uh, winter times in uh, Arizona. So on that, I don't know if that has anything. Well, that has nothing to do with basketball, but it almost makes me want to back Grand Canyon at this point because, um, you know, you're able to get out there for like 75 bucks, which around here in, in the winter when it's like 75 degrees, impossible. Yeah. So, um, nice. you know, the antelopes, they, they, they do their, uh, their locals. Nice. Other than that, no, I don't think they have a chance in hell, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Zags, I feel like are peaking at the right time and, um, they still drew Timmy. So how are you going to stop that? As yeah. far as looking into that game, I haven't much just cause I think it was one of the quicker ones where I was like, Oh, there's GCU. They're pretty much in my backyard. There's in Zaga, very good basketball team. Let's just roll with the Bulldogs. I, I think that magical run comes to an end. They, didn't they shoot like over 50% big three in, in the tournament to get here? Wasn't it something crazy like that? Yeah, there were some insane games in that. That tournament was so fun. The Southern yeah. Utah 23. They did a great job. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a great tournament. But, yeah, I'm with Musa here. I think one of the funny things is we have Grand Canyon rated much lower than most box score analytics sites. We have mm -hmm. them at 75 the reason we're not really showing value on Gonzaga here is we actually have them lower too. Once again, it's not necessarily a ratings website, but um, it's, it's matchup based and a little more detailed, but yeah, we're, we're not super high at least ratings wise on either of these teams. And the matchup kind of indicates basically where the market's at. I think I honestly don't love Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga has become this other trendy pick. The West is really, really good. Um, and I think people have kind of like, hung on to a couple of these teams. Kansas is just like not playing fantastic. McCuller being questionable. is just like, right. Right. Scares me a little bit. Gonzaga. The thing that really scares me here is guard play. And I think if you look at some of these previous Gonzaga teams, you see, you know, like even last year you have Timmy and Chet who are really good bigs, but you're only, I mean, their true guard is Nebhard who I wasn't ever super high on. Obviously was pretty good last year, but only make it to the Sweet 16 as a team would lost like one or two or however many games all year. I guess they lost right. four. But, um, yeah, I think that this is like really, to me, their guard play is just not good enough to win in the tournament. I think like they probably beat Grand Canyon, but I honestly think – Defense is a lot worse this year, man. Like it's yeah. significantly worse. I think TCU gives them a good run in the second round, and I would not be surprised at all if, if TCU or I guess the playing game winner there gives them a good run. But – Ultimately, to me, I don't know. Like I said, I think that them and St. Mary's are huge. Um, like, 
they get a huge bump from playing in the West Coast Conference. And I understand the West Coast Conference is better than a lot of these other mid-majors, but it's still not an SEC, ACC, Pac-12, um, like that level um, of play every single game. You know, you get too many easy layups. And so I think like ultimately, I think these teams go from, you know, 40th in the country or 30th in the country, and then they beat up on West Coast Conference teams. And then all of a sudden they're 10 and 11. And people just think like, oh yeah, Gonzaga's like, they're that good again. And I, I really don't think that they're that good. So Gonzaga to me might win this game or should win this game, but should, honestly yeah. they're out in the Sweet 16 in my opinion, or wow. in before the Sweet 16. I think I really do think TCU beats them in the second. Wow. Well, there's a bold prediction for the West region right there for you. I was going to ask for one at the end, but Big Three's getting ahead of himself. I love it. Uh, beat me to the punch. Now you did talk a little bit about this play-in game. Um, we'll look into how TCU will do against either. But which team do you guys see sort of coming forward? I'm going to go to you first, Musa, because I know you are actually an Arizona State alum. So talk to me a little bit about if your alma mater is going to get past Nevada here on, I think, Wednesday night. This, this is tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. People actually graduate from Arizona State. Um, <laughs> I'm living proof. Um, I love, Dude, Bobby Hurley's a man. I, I've gone to my fair share of games this year. Uh, one of my best friends is like, the diehard of all diehards. We call him the Matthew McConaughey of ASU basketball. He doesn't star in movies. He owns a bike shop, but that's the best we can do. Um, I like them to beat Nevada. It's uh, a revenge game, too, for Warren Washington, the big man for ASU, and someone else. I'm blanking a little bit. There's two Nevada transfers on uh, Des Cambridge, their best player. It's from Nevada as well. So I like them to win. And then as far as TCU – playing TCU. I'm sure you guys have heard the Eddie Lampkin news. He's gone. He's not even playing there anymore. They're big man. So it's going to be interesting to see what ASU can do if they yep. get in, which I think they will. Yes, sir. I, I like it. And, and look, I'm looking here at our shot quality matchup breakdown for our premium members. You can, of course, join us and see what we're looking at on YouTube. I know it might be a little small on the screen. I'm sorry. I will zoom in. But look at Arizona State here today. Shot selection, 68th percentile, top 100 in the country, right? But shot making, a little low. So they haven't been hitting the shots they've been creating, which have been good. Meanwhile, you have Nevada comes in as the 22nd best shot making team in the country versus their shot selection, which is a little bit worse. So uh, Big Three is someone who's been around these shot quality numbers as long, if not longer, as than I have. What do you make of teams when they have a disparity like this? Do you trust the team that has the shot making? Do you, you know, stay away from the team that ends up having the bad shot making and has the good shot selection? Like what have you found to be more reliable? And do you have a take on this game from something like that? Yeah, honestly, I kind of see shot making is is kind of like the performance towards expectation, right? So like you look yes. at Nevada who has really high shot making right next to it. You see there against the spread record is 20 and 11. Shot quality has them 12 and 19, right? So usually, like, to me, that's that kind of matches up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, if teams have really, really good shot making, they're probably – shot quality probably expects them to be worse than everyone else thinks they are. Um, Arizona State, obviously, like, with the lower shot making, I guess against the spread we have them the same. Um, but I, I think that that's something where uh, – I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I use it. I really value shot selection, like, a lot. Way more than shot making for sure. I think that – 
at the end of the day, if, if you're going to tell me, hey, this team's going to get better shots in the game, higher points per possession on a shot, like I'll take them every day of the week, you know. And so I think mm-hmm. ultimately I really like that in Arizona State here. I, I did place a bet on Arizona State at minus one right when stuff came out, which I think has moved a little bit already. I'm with Musa yeah. here. I think yeah. This team is really good. I think also while their shot making statistic isn't great, they do have like Cambridge, they have some good shot makers on the team, right? And I think ultimately, like, that's something that you can kind of use um, to your advantage as well. And I think the last thing that I'll say here, because Musa brought it up about TCU, Lampkin, definitely a big loss. I, I do think ultimately not a huge part of their offense. So it, it doesn't scare me as much. Um, and Miles finally being back and healthy, yeah, I think it really is way more important than Lampkin is. And so I'm hoping the narrative of, Oh, Lampkin's gone. Lampkin's transferred. Kind of helps get me better numbers in those games, honestly. But that would be an awesome game. Arizona State TCU would definitely be a fun one. And honestly, I could see either of those teams beating Gonzaga in the second round. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I joined you on that minus one line. I took that myself. I think that's a nice play. I still think they get it done. I mean, Nevada, I think we talked about it a little bit, or maybe I did somewhere else. Um, but they're the team most people expected to miss this cut. A lot of people had Rutgers in this spot in, instead of Nevada. I don't know if we see that as a chip on their shoulder or maybe, you know, ball don't lie and they get beat. I, I tend to think it's the latter Arizona. You know, uh, this is definitely a tough comparison, but Pac-12 wasn't easy. Neither was the Mountain West, but maybe the Mountain West got a little too much love. We'll see. I mean, Utah State nabbing that 10 seed across the bracket. Uh, being, I believe, favored in that spot. Really interesting. The market is definitely high on them. But I guess we'll see how the Mountain West does. They've historically done very well in this competition. But Nevada might not actually deserve to be here. So so who knows how it goes. Uh, but it should be a fun matchup. Now let's assume they get through, guys. We are going to project Arizona State to lose here by three points. Big three already saying he's taking TCU. If you get three points here, if you get – are you are you taking this or I mean it's probably going to be a little bit bigger no I mean what what do you think this line could be victory um if I had to I think three might be a little I bet it's like three and a half four um would be my guess but I think at three I would definitely play TCU probably at three and a half maybe four I wouldn't take it above four probably I think that TCU is my pick to win I guess maybe not necessarily cover a number like minus five um but yeah I would guess minus three and a half is probably a pretty close number here um ultimately yeah i i think tcu is the pick at least in my bracket i'm not sure exactly if i want to bet this one yet might depend a little bit on how arizona plays how that game with nevada goes obviously you know we've seen we expect them to destroy nevada so uh, that's that's interesting to see so we we do have you know pretty transitively some good value here arizona state being the better team Uh, But we only have around 10 minutes left, guys, so I definitely want to touch on these last two games here in the West region, uh, and then I want to reveal the value bracket. So quick thoughts here. Uh, Boise Northwestern, I know before we came on air, you were saying this might be the game that nobody has any idea how it's going to go. So if you guys even have a foot to stand on and make a take, personally, I think Eileen Northwestern. Uh, I've liked what I've seen out of them. I think they have some really, really good guards and, uh, you know, an Audige. I think that's how you say his name. I don't even know. Pardon me if I butchered that. Uh, but then they have some other great guards as well. And they're just, I know the Big Ten's kind of a laughing stock, but this team almost won the conference. 
So uh, I think there's definitely something here. And, and Boise has been a little disappointing. They are definitely a team to keep your eye out for, but neither of these teams gets open threes. Uh, you know, the shot making from Northwestern is a little bit suspect, but nothing jumps off the page for me for Boise. I don't know, Musa, are you, do you, are you feel comfortable on a side here? Are you kind of staying away from betting this one? Do you even have a pick in your bracket? I do have a pick in my bracket, and I'm debating on betting it, uh, even though there's not a lot going into it, um, which is never sometimes a good thing. You know, you're not overthinking it. But I like that the Mountain West played some Friday games this year. And I remember watching um, Boise State. I mean, it's pretty much a standalone because I think the MEAC and the Big Sky or whatever play on Fridays, a couple Big Ten games sprinkled in there. And then you have a late-night 9 p.m. Mountain West game. And I watched Boise State play New Mexico State. And Tyson Dagenhart went off. And I was like, man, I like this dude. He's good. And then they played San Diego State pretty much to punch their ticket to the big dance. And it was Max Rice's turn. He dropped like 26 points, I think, against San Diego State in a must win. And he scored like 10 in the fourth quarter. It was the Max Rice game. So off of those two performances, I'm like, man, they got some closers. Like some dudes who can take over in the fourth quarter, hit some clutch shots. Rice, Dagenhart, um, Marcus Schaefer is another good player that's been there for a while. So I was just thinking Boise State strictly off that. I watched Northwestern play against Penn State at the Mega Bar at Circa. Um, and from what I remember was uh, Penn State looked pretty good in that game. It did go to overtime. Um, Seth Lundy hit a clutch three in OT to beat Northwestern. But, I mean, I just got off of just my experiences of watching them, not necessarily breaking down the data or looking at the shot quality analytics. I just like Boise State. I don't know, I don't know why. I just do. Just from what I've seen. Oh, all right. We got a little differing of opinion there, but never a problem. I think it should be a good one. I don't know, Big Three, any thoughts or not really? I was the one who said I had no idea on this yeah, game. Yeah, I, I thought I figured I, I literally cannot pick this game. I, I do think in general the Mountain West comes into this a little overrated. Like if you look at some of the, the rankings of some of these Mountain West teams, it just like doesn't make sense. And so I think we're going to get a pretty good idea early on, you know, like how does Utah State look? You know, how does Nevada look in the playing game? Those types of things should give us a pretty good clue. So, honestly, I might wait until after the Nevada-Arizona State playing game, see how Nevada mm-hmm. looks, and kind of make my judgment on, on the Mountain West after that. There we go. There we go. I like that. I like that. It's sharp to see how they actually match up. I mean, no real reason to sit and dwell on this last one. Personally, I've been on the fade UNC Asheville train for a while. It's done well for me, this team. Uh, just has all the wrong <laughs> things in their direction in terms of just getting so lucky this season. Highest record luck on shot quality, guys. Expected to be 14 and 18, 37% difference from their actual record. Um, oh, okay. No, all right. Well, uh, I just realized something we need to do. But anyway, uh, any any thoughts here? I mean, I think this should be another trampling, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I like UCLA. And people do the Jalen Clark thing is so big because he's such a great two-way player, and I don't think they I mean like he was very good. Look at the shot quality numbers as well from an offensive perspective. Like he was a star. There's a reason he won Defensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12. But Amari Bailey was standing out in the late part of Pac-12 play. I was like, oh man, this guy's pretty good. He's a freshman, Armani Bailey, and um, I would say. Since Jalen Clark got hurt, he put up what, like 26 points against, was it Colorado in the first round? Kid's really good. So, I mean, at least they have somebody who can pick up the slack on offense. So, if you feel like fading, just remember that they got five stars everywhere. He's a stud. I love it. 
Yeah, remember we talked about that on the show right when Jalen Clark went out, Justin. We said basically that they were going to get a three-game test, or I think maybe it was four-game test of how good is Amari Bailey. Because Amari Bailey played off the bench 99% sure until this injury um, was pretty good. I think he averaged like 10 points a game before this little stretch. But, yeah, like Musa said, he kind of went off, at least in the Colorado game there. And I think, like, ultimately that worked out perfect for them, obviously – it really sucks that Jalen Clark's not available, but for them to have um, Amari Bailey have kind of gotten that time where it's like, okay, now you're kind of the third guy behind Hawkes and, and Campbell, obviously, but it's like, okay, like let's, let's see what you can do now because we're going to need you to do it on the big stage next week. Right. I think like Justin said, it's not even just shot quality that thinks UNC Asheville is really lucky. I think basically every metric, every box score analytics site has them as the luckiest team in the country. I think, ultimately they're not tested at all they've only had two teams that they've played that have been rated in the top ranked in the top like 160 and they've both beaten them by 30 plus so i really think that this is a huge blowout spot honestly kansas and ucla i feel very comfortable laying the points with either right. well i love it i love it so now really quickly we're going to do two things before we get out of here all right in the next five minutes that concludes our full breakdown of all eight games nine games even technically even 10 in the west we talked about the both possibilities around the first four game here but kansas howard we are talking about our value bracket now shockqualitybets.com slash value dash bracket if you want to go check it out or to shockqualitybets slash march madness to get access to all this great stuff this shows you our leverage picks against the percentages that people are taking them. So we have Arkansas as a very valuable pick to make that sweet 16 run. We have St. Mary's as the proper pick over VCU, Connecticut as the proper pick over Iona in terms of the value you're getting, and then UConn to beat St. Mary's. We're going to have Gonzaga beat Grand Canyon. We're going to take Arizona State to get it done. This doesn't mean it's going to happen. It just means based on what people are choosing – Arizona State starts to have value against our shot quality expected percentages. Northwestern over Boise, UCLA, of course, over UNC Asheville. And then it gets a little bit interesting, taking, of course, the Bulldogs to be the team that leaves this region. So uh, over the Huskies in the Elite Eight. So kind of fun West there in the value bracket. But what I'm actually really excited about, guys, that literally went live while we were on this show is the march madness shot quality bets custom bracket builders so uh this is actually available for anybody we we kind of didn't get it done in time we wanted it to be a part of our package but we just wanted it out there people to play around with it this is a free to use tool using some of our uh, best data science work you can come here and change these sliders Right. So you can go from you can change free throw percentages, defense in the last 10 games, up the experience, drop the shot quality net rating, improve the mid range frequency. And within literally seconds, it's going to tell you who should win every single game with every single percent in a bracket. And you can just go right here. You can download that sucker and it's going to be in your downloads. Easy for you to find. Um, we have just created an ultimate tool for digging into some shot quality metrics. Uh, but we really want everyone to go check that out. So make sure you go to shotqualitybets.com slash March Madness. Of course, you can get 
$30 off the full month of access to picks and projections using code FASTBREAK2023. Big thanks to everyone at Shock Quality Bets who makes all of these awesome products possible. Uh, another big shout out and thank you to both of my co-hosts today, Big 3 for 3 and Alec Musa. You can follow them on Twitter. Also make sure you follow Alec Musa. He runs our TikTok. Guy is a creative genius creating great stuff around Shock quality basketball content, which is the most important part. Love you, Musa. But shock quality always wins. So make sure you follow us on TikTok at Shock Quality Bets. Give the podcast some love. We will be back all throughout the week. I don't even know the exact schedule, but we will be here with a lot of content. So hit the little bell so you get notified when we schedule a live stream. We will see you next time. That was the West Region Preview from the Shock Quality Bets podcast. Thank you for tuning in.